0: Well, hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. Today's podcast, Wednesday, March 17th, recorded in there, wee hours of the morning prior to heading off to work. Today's podcast will be titled, The Filibuster is Stupid and Needs to Be Gotten Rid of. So the filibuster is this uh parliamentary procedure that's still this rule that exists in the senate that still exists to this day that basically allows one or more senators to delay a vote on a particular legislative agenda um, really indefinitely and they can delay it through a wide variety of tactics Uh, sometimes they might just uh read a children's book or something for several hours just over and over they'll read green eggs and ham you know, a bunch of times and stuff. Kevin McCarthy was reading Green Eggs and Ham the other day as part of his legislative duties. More in the House, Filibuster's is a Senate thing. But people in the House kind of do stuff like that. It's it's kind of a distraction method. It's a way to to delay votes on things. The main problem with the filibuster is because it's it's in the Senate. That's one of the main reasons why it's an issue. Filibuster shouldn't exist. Anyway, but it's especially cantankerous uh, in the Senate because the Senate is not necessarily representative of the people. Uh, About half the Senate is Republicans, and they represent about something like 40, 35 to 40 percent of the population. The other 50 senators represent about 60 percent of the population there are the Democrats uh, basically what it allows is it allows for a kind of a rogue Republican to delay all sorts of progressive legislation um, under no real true actual objection just delay the vote and sometimes if you delay it long enough they'll just postpone the, the vote altogether and, and, and not make a vote even when there's some things that are extremely pressing uh, that need to be taken care of expeditiously. Um, With the filibuster, a senator can just simply delay the vote instead of, you know, just voting, you know. Um, So it's a way to kind of hide in the sand, too. It's just delay the vote so they don't have to be on the record voting no say to... Health care is a right. Let's say that... You know, the House passes a bill that says health care is a right, and we're going to fund hospitals directly. But we're also, we need to get people money, because hundreds of thousands of people have died from a pandemic. We we need to get these people aid, um, because there's tons of people that can't, can't work. They want to work, they need to work, but they can't. It's not an option for them to work right now for many people it's this there is no work for them and the economy is kind of sagging because of, because of it there's millions of people that are out of work so there's emergency legislation that must pass it has to pass you know it you know the uh, covid stimulus bills that have passed needed to be passed they had to pass you know you have it had to be done you know pandemic was going around thousands of people were dying a day the working class is getting obliterated right now. So, you know, the government has a duty and a responsibility to pass legislation that benefits the people. The Republican Party, though, as an organization, its people, like specifically its Republican senators, are not really concerning themselves so much with the plight of the working class people. That's just not really what their primary focus is. The filibuster allows them to achieve their particular objectives and to delay uh, the objectives of the people of the country. So the Republicans can stall important legislation that needs to be passed, that must pass. It has to be done. It, it's got to be done. You know, you, you can't just ignore the health and well-being of the people when you're a, a government official. It's kind of like it is your primary duty. But many Republicans just don't feel that way. They feel that their primary objective as Republican senators is to protect the interests of the wealthy, and, and that is their primary focus. Filibuster allows them to do that. It allows them to not do their job to not vote on particular legislation and to kind of stick their head in the sands, so they don't have to vote. The goal is delay the vote as long as possible, so that the Democrats or the other side proposing the legislation, you know, taps out and just says, "Okay, never mind. We'll we'll write something different." So it needs to be gotten rid of. We need to get rid of it. Uh, it needs to be. If you have a majority in the Senate that approves a thing, then the bill passes. And uh, other, you know, like amendments and, you know, removing a president from impeachment, that requires more than a majority. It requires two-thirds, you know, 66 or 67 votes. I guess it would be 66, yeah. Um, You know, for an amendment in the Constitution to be changed, or a new amendment added, or to remove a president from office through impeachment. That's two-thirds, but everything else is a majority, and that's how it should be. The problem with the filibuster also leads to other issues. There's a lot of, a lot of the issues with our government system. is that It's all interconnected kind of a spider web of issues. The filibuster allows delay and inefficiencies on purpose. And that's really its intent. Its purpose is to slow and drag things down, drag things along so that things can't get done as quickly as efficiency. Its purpose is to make government less efficient. Its purpose is to um, decrease the faith in government. It, it it's to make government um, less representative. That that's really its its purpose. That that's why it's a thing. Um, it, it's to make government. Ha- it's so that also so that senators have the ability to. Pursue certain legislation that is not in the people's interests and does not even have anywhere near a majority support, but to still pursue it anyway. You know, there might be a law that has massive support, but a senator, one senator that opposes that, instead of just voting no and not having enough vote, no votes to oppose it, they'll use the filibuster to just delay the vote, you know even if a massive majority supports it, and even if it's a legislation that has to be passed, COVID relief, you know. Um, but again, the, the main issue is Republican Party as an organization, as a whole, is primarily concerned with protecting the interest of the wealthy, making sure that the wealthy's estates stay intact and stay at an ever accumulating level so maximizing tax cuts for the wealthy opening up tax loopholes for the wealthy and so that they can take advantages of as many different tax offsets as possible while also making sure that no one else who's not in the wealthy can take advantage of those particular loopholes they are loopholes that are specifically created for the wealthy and the wealthy alone Uh, different set of rules for them Filibuster kind of allows the sort of maintaining of those kind of things because again it's it's a delay tactic where you delay so long, the other side just kind of moves on to a different topic. And you know, various bills that were passed in the House just kinda stay stagnant and don't get voted on. <clears throat> It'd be nice if people just stopped voting Republican. That would make it easier. Uh, but hopefully, at a minimum, Senate can you know vote to remove the the filibuster. Um, it leads to the issue of the you know, the two party system. We have two options, neither is that great, but one is basically not an option. You know if you're a working class person, why would you vote Republican? You know, they're, they're the organization that protects the interests of the wealthy. First and foremost, the Republican Party does not concern itself with the interest of the working class. They they do not. They sort of kind of pretend to, but when pressed, uh, it's very difficult for them to to explain in any real data-driven way how their policies have any benefit to the working class. It's more sort of vague... um, Mottos and stuff, trickle down economics, economic growth, you, you know, like the GDP go, will go up, you, you know, or, or they'll quote how much the GDP goes up, but what's the quality of life for the average American? You know, what's that? Did, did that go up? GDP went up. That's, that's real neat. And the Dow Jones went up. Cool. What's the quality of life for the average American? They're not concerned them, themselves with those kinds of things. You know, Tax cuts for the wealthy, tax cuts for corporations, tax loopholes for wealthy people and corporations, and then the cutting of funding to public education, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and, and much-needed infrastructure investment. Cut funding to things like that, and then give more money to the people that already have the most money. <laughs> The filibuster is is just another sort of procedural tactic that the republicans can use to achieve their objectives which again cut taxes for wealthy cut taxes for corporations and then deregulate corporations as well as cut funding to social security medicare medicaid public education and infrastructure those are the objectives of the republican party filibuster allows them to do that because it allows them to delay any sort of legislation that may benefit the working-class people in any way. Why are the Republicans against legislation that will benefit, you know, the vast 98% or so of people? Well, because there's a chance in the short term, possibly, maybe, that those in the top 2% may not have as much wealth in the near future. Maybe. Possibly. It's not a guarantee that they'll have less wealth. Because even if they have to pay a higher tax rate... If more money is being invested into the working class, and the working class has a higher quality of life, becomes more efficient, access to healthcare, better education. It certainly improves the foundation. It pro- certainly improves a more, creates a more vibrant economy. Uh, yes, you may very well get GDP growth, possibly. Not that that should really be the main indicator of how an economy is doing. What the macro total size is, you know, that's. That's interesting what is the total size of the economy that, that's really neat how is the wealth distributed amongst the people you know do you have 40% of the wealth being owned by 5% of the people well that's not too good that, that's not you know that's not really too exciting you know so there's a big massive economy that's real neat how many people have food to eat, shelter to live in, you know, edu- you know, schools to go to to get the education they need. How many people have those things? How many people can go to a hospital when they're sick and not get a hospital bill? You know, that, that's more what the primary concerns of people representing the people should be doing. Uh, But unfortunately, there's millions of working-class people that continue to vote every single election for Republicans who are not going to be doing anything while in office that has real, genuine, day-to-day benefit to the average working-class person. Now, The flip side is that many people who vote Republicans, they vote because they don't like the Democrats. And so critiquing the Republicans means... To the average Republican voter, that whoever's critiquing those Republicans must be a Democrat. Well, n- nope, n- not necessarily. We, we're, we're, we are presented with two options. Um, I personally just tend to, I like to choose the lesser of the two evils, you, you know, Republican Party, not an option. Why? Because I'm a working class person. The Republican Party does not represent me or anyone like me. They pretend to represent people like me because they know they need those people to vote for them so that they can stay in power, so that they can continue to use things like the filibuster to delay legislation that benefits people. Yeah. Thousands of people dying a day from an airborne illness. What is the Republican Party concerning itself with? during those times they're concerning themselves with promoting a fake narrative that Donald Trump won the election and going along with mr. Trump's lies that's the kind of stuff they were concerned with they were concerned with protecting the political aspirations of one particular individual by the name of Donald John Trump that's what they were concerned with thousands of people dying a day And that's what they were worried about. Now that Joe Biden's president, and we actually have a competent adult in the executive branch, and things are starting to smooth out quite a bit. It's been a drastic change in diplomacy. And just, you know, just the standards of office since Biden took over. Regardless of whether you're Republican or Democrat, obviously we have a competent individual in the executive branch now. The last four years, we did not. We had a person that was wildly unqualified for the job. But the Republican Party still to this day is kind of attached at the hip, at the, at, at the old guy, at the guy that was the, who will go down as history as the worst president in the history of our country. And it's not even gonna be close. It's not really gonna be a debate. The debate will be about who's the second worst. You know, was it Nixon? Was it Andrew Johnson? Was it some of the presidents prior to Lincoln, leading up to the Civil War? You know, um, some might say George W., you know. But then there's some people that wildly disagree because he was a two-term president and stuff. Or whatever. But that's all for second place. You know, the, the worst president in the history of our country was Donald John Trump. Uh, the only real benefit to him, if you want to call it that, is that because he was so bad, so blatantly bad, cartoonishly bad, it exposed he exposed the divides that were still in this country. Yes, he stirred him up, but there was things to be stirred up. There was people to be stirred up. They were kind of laying sort of low but it was still permeating our society and he opened it up we realized how ununited we were we realized how divided we really were Uh, we were sort of pretending for a while there but he 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 stirred up the pot a little bit and so we have a better realization of where we are now as a site we have more under greater understanding of what we need to fix there's a lot of issues with our society, a lot of issues with how our government works. And Donald Trump exposed all of them. Every, every weakness in the government, he took advantage of. And, and he did very well personally. You know, he made a lot of money, a shit ton of money, being president of the United States. Now, no, he didn't do anything that benefited the working class people, really at all. But he did make himself a lot of money. You know because you know he's he's a con man and that's 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 what he's famous for but god bless those folks that uh genuinely thought he was telling them the truth the guy that was famous for lying you know uh so <clears throat> filibuster is just it, it it's that kind of stop progress type mindset you know, it's a very Republican procedural tactic. It's very Republican, the filibuster. Yeah, I'm sure Democrats have used it in the past and stuff too and whatever. But its whole mindset is very Republican. Stop in any way you can. Progress. Maintain the status quo at all costs. That's kind of the Republican objective. Make sure that... and primarily speaking, focusing at the top. What do you got to do to make sure that those people at the top, the top 2% of the socioeconomic ladder, the people earning millions of dollars a year, mostly just an interest from investments that they inherited primarily. What do you have to do for those people to make sure that they never have to work and they never lose any of their wealth? And that's what the Republican Party focuses on. Now, in order to convince the working class person that what they do somehow benefits the working class person, they use terms like trickle down economics or other sort of political poetry almost or something, but it's, it's just political gibberish. But it's basically just rhetoric to sort of make you think that the things they're doing have some benefit but but they don't like they'll probably defend the filibuster saying it's it's somehow a way of bipartisanship n- n- no no it's a, it's a way to stop a legislation from even being voted on when there is wide massive support for said legislation when you do not have enough votes to just simply vote no to stop the legislation you can use the filibuster to just stop the vote altogether the reality is things should be brought to a vote If the bill passes in the house make the necessary updates and changes that you need in the Senate but if if you're just purely just trying to stall if you don't have any other input to the bill and if you individually are just mad with the bill either Vote no, if you don't like the bill, or abstain. That's it. That, that's what the options should be. You're a senator. You have to vote. you got to put your name on the record. How did you vote? You know? What say you? You know? Grow a pair. You know? Um, senators should be compelled to vote on things. You know? Like, that is that is their job. They, they have to put their name on the vote they have to put their name on the record and you know this is how i'm voting on this bill so if they don't like a bill they don't agree with it and ideally their constituents are you know against it as as well or something but i think a lot of senators don't even worry about that you know there's plenty of republican senators who vote no who voted no on covid relief who live, you know, or from states where a huge portion of the people in those states were certainly supporting COVID relief, but those Republican senators voted no anyway. So it begs the question, who are they representing? Who is the filibuster protecting? You know, why does it exist? So our country needs a lot of, needs a lot of fixes. We're making some improvements. You know, the, the easiest improvement we made was a few months ago, we... we we cut some dead weight, you know, there was this just cancerous presence, uh, that was allowed to just, that was just invited in (laughs) to the executive branch. And then with that power, that person was able to appoint judges and people to various posts, a very high, with a lot of power within various departments of the federal government. And Shit started going south pretty quick, you know, and that seemed to be the clear objective. The entire point of the Republican, Republicans nominating Trump, it seemed, was to make not just government inefficient, but to make our country more divided, to make it less efficient. They cut funding to the United States Postal Service. They nominated a guy who deliberately and willingly made the mail less efficient, made it harder for the United States Postal Service to deliver parcels. Yeah. deliberately and purposefully. yeah. Republican Party is also trying to make it more difficult for people to vote. Why? Because Donald Trump lied. Yeah. So that's another reason they're going to be using the filibuster. When they use the filibuster, they'll be saying things during, during their time and when they do interviews about why they're doing it, blah, blah, blah. The real reason is because they're supporting Donald Trump's lie. Like, if there's a vote on the Senate about voter protecting voter rights you know there will be republicans that'll use the filibuster and they'll read green eggs and ham or do some nonsense thing just to delay that vote instead of being brave enough to just vote no you know which is really what they are you know they they don't want people to have the right to vote they don't want more people voting and they especially don't want minorities voting or poor people voting you know they they do not want that and they want to do anything they can to prevent poor people especially and poor minorities especially from voting and republicans are currently doing those types of things yeah so any sort of laws that pass in the senate any sort of bills that pass in the senate that protect and guarantee the right to vote to citizens the filibuster is going to give those republican senators the chance to delay those kind of votes instead of them just voting no because they probably won't have enough vote, no votes so i mean i don't i don't know what it is going to take for the the many millions of working class people who vote republican to understand that that organization doesn't represent them and to also convince them that me the person saying that is not like a pro-democrat because their instinct is always to immediately start attacking the democrats as if yet they're the lesser of the two evils they're not as bad as the republicans you know the democrats are not perfect they're not even ideal they are clearly and obviously less bad than the Republicans. They have more people within their ranks that actually have virtue, virtuous intentions, act with ethical and moral purpose. You know Their objectives are: how do we make sure people have health care and education can get around safely, have food to eat and shelter? If you're not focused on those kind of things as a government official, what are you doing? You know, you got, you know, politicians going on using their time as a senator or a member of the house to read children's books. Or to go to the border and complain about the fact that there's people that are walking across the border. Like, oh, oh, no. There's people who speak Spanish that are walking across the border into an area that, you know, is predominantly or a huge Spanish-speaking part of the country, you know. It's even a part of the country that used to be part of the Spanish Empire. So it's kind of, well, yeah, there's going to be Spanish-speaking peoples there. There's going to be Latinos there. If you're in Texas, Southern California, Arizona, New Mexico, yeah, there's going to be Latinos there. Why would there not be Latinos there? It's part, It used to be part of the Spanish Empire. The names are even Spanish. A lot of the names and the places and stuff. There? But I've never really understood the, the, the just the intense 10-alarm fire concerned with, you know, a, a family of poor people who speak Spanish walking across the border. Oh, but there's a whole bunch of them okay like hundreds okay so let's maybe uh make sure like they're at the border that they have you know like clean water to drink maybe some food maybe maybe a system in getting getting to their you know where they're trying to go many of them already have family in in the country and so they, they or friends or something and they're just trying to meet up with them You know, a lot of times it's easier when you move to a new place, if you already know some people. Um, It's a little bit more difficult if you're just trying to start completely fresh. But yeah, they're just, you know, they're just trying to make a go at it. Um, Bless their heart, they actually think that the United States of America is a democratic society that uh, is all-inclusive and, um, you know, stands for freedom and all that kind of thing. You know, (laughs) it's kind of breaks your heart when you see people risking their lives to come to the United States of America, thinking that we are some kind of, you know, epitome of a perfect democracy or something. And it's like, eh, we're not really that, you know, we leave a lot to be desired in that realm. You know, during the Donald Trump presidency, there was a policy of child abuse. Um, if children were, were with their parents, and they were committing the crime of trespassing uh, the federal government had a policy that we would put those children in a cage for an indiscriminate period of time government might send the parents to some other place and then just kind of lose, lose track of them and then just kind of even lose track of which which children were where and stuff and and not really give two shits about the fact that they were basically kidnapping children taking them from their parents and doing all this because those people were committing the crime of trespassing yeah um, Pretty sad, you know, it, it's disturbing that it still goes on. It's disturbing that so many people view Being an American as some kind of distinct ethnicity that you need to be and it's like nope No, you, no, you, you don't need to speak a particular language if you speak English, that you're going to have the greatest range. But if you only speak English, you will be a little limited in this country. Somewhat, you know. Um, Ideally, you know, if you're going to speak all the languages that are spoken in this country, you're going to have to know a lot of languages. There's a lot of different types of people, and it's always been that way. You know, there is tens of thousands of people who from Chinese ancestry Chinese descent who helped build the transcontinental railroad you know that was was a long 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 time ago you know in the country's history of course there's the native peoples and stuff too and there's lots of different types of people that live in this country so there is no this is what an American looks like thing you know so yeah there's still some people that Identify with America that were born outside of America that still have some desire to be a part of this thing But what is this thing? You know, what is it? It, It's kind of It's not really a democracy. It's something different and the Republican Party one of the two options is slowly evolved devolved into something that's not even you can't even really pretend like it's some kind of small government, fiscal, conservative, democratic type of ideal. It's something very different. You know, Donald Trump represented autocracy, represented suppression and oppression of the working class through overt violent action in some cases. You know, you got a bunch of people protesting the fact that cops are murdering people. Yeah. Yeah. And people are rightfully upset about it. You know, they're pissed off. Cops are murdering people. They're murdering American citizens. Not all police officers do this. And in fact, it's a, hopefully, an extremely small percentage. But nonetheless, the number of American citizens who are murdered by police officers every year is way too high. It happens way too much, you know. But... What does the former president do when there's people who are in the streets of D.C. protesting the fact that there's been way too many police officers who have gotten away with murder, with murdering American civilians, unarmed American civilians? He orders his military force to fire tear gas on those people so that he can walk a couple blocks and take a picture in front of a church holding the Bible upside down. You know, so Republican Party very much represents autocracy, and the candidate that they picked twice very much represented fascism, a sort of narcissistic, um, violently oppressive, divisive style of government that suppresses anyone that's not really in the that upper affluent class, a government that kind of caters to the interests of the affluent class. The filibuster's purpose is to protect that type of intent it's to protect a outlier within it allows a basically an outlier in the Senate so someone that maybe has these extreme views that maybe you're only shared by 10 or 20% of the population to have greater control than what they should you're one senator your one vote and there's already sort of an uneven thing with the Senate each state only gets two senators no matter the size and population you can have 1 million people you get two senators you can have 40 million people you get two senators it doesn't matter so there's already an unequal thing so you could have a state with a million people and you know a bill that passes in the Senate or the House with like you know whatever's 70% approval and then it goes to the Senate And then it just never gets voted on because one senator from a state with maybe a couple million people uses the filibuster and spends several hours just reading children's books or whatever to to stop things, because that senator, what they are trying to do is to make government as inefficient as possible, make people tune out so that that senator can then later cut taxes for the wealthy, cut taxes for corporations and hopefully do it while people are just tuned out, you know, drain the resources. It's really what filibuster is about. It's just kind of like bore people down so they just give up and then you can stay in power somehow and continue to vote on bills that protect wealthy people. So hopefully, hopefully, filibuster will soon be gone. It's a dumb law; doesn't make sense. And uh, hopefully, we can start passing bills that uh, benefit the people. Whether it's bipartisan or not, doesn't matter. If the majority of the senators support it. Then, then, then move forward. You know, bipartisanship is a is a stupid term. Um, you know. It it doesn't say in the constitution that you know you, you must have a certain percentage of the one of one party vote for it and a certain percentage from the other. No, it's it's just majority. So the Republicans represent a minority of the populace. Um, even though they're even in the Senate, even though there's 50 senators that are Republican, 50 that are Democrat, the 50 Republican senators represent far fewer people. You know, far fewer. So. We don't really need bipartisanship. We just need a majority of the Senators to support bills that benefit the people and stop voting for people who are only going to protect the interests of the wealthy and corporations and all that sort of thing. Stop voting Republican. Who you vote for instead, well that's a different, that's another question. It would be nice if there was more options, Um, but it is what it is for now. So, hopefully no more filibuster soon. Hopefully that vote gets voted out, and hopefully people stop voting Republican. And hopefully we can start getting a government that actually represents the people and starts passing things legislation that benefits the people, i.e. access to health care. Meaning, build hospitals and health care clinics at the appropriate level and size and staffing and all that to appropriately take care of the population in certain areas. That's it. That's how you do it. Don't don't worry about health insurance and all that kind of mumbo jumbo. No, no, no. <laughs> Just pay for the hospitals directly so that the hospitals and healthcare clinics and healthcare workers and doctors and all that can appropriately take care of the people in the area. And that's it. So people get sick, they go to that place that heals people and then they go. Uh, don't don't worry about the health insurance part. Don't really need all that. Just make it easier. Just fund the fund the healthcare clinics directly, and then it's far more efficient. Uh, will health insurance companies go out of business if they don't differentiate the product? Yes, they will. Yeah, so they'll they'll have to come up with different ways to generate revenue. But health insurance corporations are for profit entities. They don't really give two shits whether you live or die. Uh, they just they prefer you kind of stay alive so that you'll keep paying your premium. But their purpose is to uh, you know, earn a profit. So uh, if we fund healthcare clinics and hospitals directly, yes, many health insurance companies will no longer become economically viable. And so they'll, they'll have to differentiate, downsize, uh, and et cetera, et cetera. And so it goes. But in addition to uh, funding healthcare clinics directly, funding uh, schools directly, fund investing in infrastructure, meaning safe roads, bridges to drive over, safe, reliable, electric, and all that sort of good stuff. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, so a healthier, more vibrant workforce, more educated workforce, more skilled workforce, a more valuable workforce. Yeah. Um, greater differentiation in small business, less reliance on big, massive corporations. All these things are good things, greater independence and freedom for the working class person. Uh, just, so just a sturdier foundation still can earn as much as you want. That's what you're mainly concerned with. Yes, the, you can earn as much as you want. It's not everyone makes the same. It's not socialism. It's not, it's not that it's just investing in the basics, you know, um, There'll still be wealthy people and all that sort of thing. That they'll be fine. Don't worry. Those people have net worths in the hundreds of millions. Even if there's some marginal tax and estate tax or wealth tax, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. They'll still be wealthy. They're, they're not going anywhere. They might be less wealthy, sure, but it doesn't really matter. You know, you can have ten billion dollars and go down to one billion. Oh my God, you lost nine billion. What are you going to do? nothing you don't need to do anything <laughs> it doesn't matter it's like monopoly money almost at that point it, it, so um yeah with the really getting rid of the filibuster it allows progress you know it could still be a sort of incremental step-by-step kind of thing but it at least allows the government to work so we can start moving towards those more positive things like healthcare is a right education as a right, basic income as a right, being paid a a fair, reasonable amount for work that people do, you know, Um, and just sort of better protection for the average American citizen, you know, a better foundation to build upon. That's it. What you decide to build, how high up you want to go, that's up to you. You got to work for it. But everyone will have a little bit more sturdy foundation to build off of. Everyone, you know. Um, So, hopefully we can get there. In the meantime, stay safe out there. Continue to wear your mask and do the social distancing and all that. Coronavirus is still very much going on. Um, And it's going to take a while for it to fully go away. Uh, I know everyone's chomping at the bit to get back to quote unquote reality but it is our it is our reality for the time being so stay safe god bless this is gary thinking out loud